it is a Wednesday morning, and that means it is time for our weekly office visit with our favorite family physician, Dr. Stan Anderson. Good morning, Dr. Stan. Hey, Pam. Great to talk to you. All right. So uh, producer Billy and I were having this conversation off the air about uh, fasting. And um, like, I want to run for the hills when people say the word fasting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it has become kind of a thing, you know, the intermittent fasting. But um, so, you know, we thought that was a good idea to talk about that. And you, you know, thought so, too. So I fell us in. I mean, is this a fad thing or is this something that's that works or is it good for us? What does it do? Yeah, so historically, I mean, if you think about the entire history of humanity, we have gone through times of famine. So uh, when the crops fail, um, then there's not as much food, so people have to tighten their belt. And so there's definitely a historical context. Um, even in um, the, the Bible where Joseph um, ended up, telling Pharaoh that there were going to be seven lean years and then seven um, uh, fat uh, fat years. And so historically, it's through almost every piece of literature, almost every culture knows about it, because that has been something that humanity has dealt with forever. Now, in our society, we really don't have famines that occur. I mean, uh, many people say that a, a big struggle is not going without food, but going without the food you really like. And so that, that's a big difference from what our ancestors had to deal with, that if the crops failed, then the next year you would go without eating for a very long period of time. So our systems are kind of adjusted more to times of famine than to anything else. We end up having like five different hormones that tell us that we are hungry and only two different hormones that tell us that we're full. So when we go through a fast period or an extended period of time where we don't eat or don't eat very much, then yeah, we use our stores all up. And so we are created to have lots of extra stores of what's called glycogen, which is um, long-chain sugars, and fat cells, which are found uh, where they store the fat. Um, And everybody knows where their fat cells are because they can see them (laughs) when they look in the mirror. Um, So what happens is, is when you go through a period of time where you don't eat, you use up all of your immediate stores, then you start to use up the fat stores. So it ends up being something that is actually physiologically, we are designed to handle it. It is very healthy for most of us. It is something that when you do that, it kind of resets your pancreas so that your insulin secretion goes way down. So it gives your pancreas a chance to kind of like when you hit the reset button on your on your computer, it gives it a chance to reboot, and it lowers your risk for ever developing diabetes. So fasting has a benefit in that you lower your risk long-term of developing diabetes. The second good thing about fasting, when you go through a period of time where you purposefully don't eat, or in, unintentionally or intentionally, is you will live 
longer. One of the things that is clear is when you look at people that live into their 90s and 100s, they almost all choose, or whether intentionally or unintentionally, to go through periods of times where they don't eat, whether it's religious or whether it's uh, just put upon them. Uh, that's what happens. So it's just one of those interesting things. Historically, humanity has always done with this. We've always had it. And then the second component is um, people who do that end up seeing some secondary benefits and higher likelihood that they will live longer. So very, very healthy for the most part. How, how do you determine how long you should fast or how often you need to do it? That kind of stuff. Yeah, so that's a totally personal thing. Um, there, and it depends what you're trying to do. So in the Muslim tradition, the Ramadan, they don't eat during the daylight hours. Uh, in the Catholic tradition, uh, fasting on Saturday, on Friday, excuse me, um, whether it is fasting from red meat or whether it is fasting completely, um, that is something, again, that is built into your religion. Many of us, um, ended up basically saying that we are going to abstain from certain things at different times. Many people um, will, uh, after, uh, um, what is it, uh, Fat Fat Wednesday? Um, Fat Tuesday. Down in yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Um, they end up going through a time where they will give something up. So Lent is a time when, uh, according to many of us, we will decide to choose to give something up. So whether you give one thing up or whether you give a lot of things up, that also helps to build discipline in your life. And so how much you do basically boils down to how much discipline you're able to uh, engage your system and carry through with it. The, the good thing is, is it teaches you how to deal with the normal urges that you have in your system, and it really helps you to overcome the pain that you get when you don't eat for a long period of time. And it is very uncomfortable. And people who go through intermittent fasting for long periods of time, one of the things that they say is, it was mind over matter. I had every part of me saying, I should eat, I should eat, I should eat. And I couldn't get my mind off of food. And then finally, there was a breakthrough. Usually that's right around 72 hours. And it was, okay, the storm is over, and now it's easier. So that's the simple way to think about um, the way in which that whole thing works. Wow, 72 hours. That's what? That's three days. I mean, (laughs) oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine that. Can't even imagine that. So the vast majority of people will basically do intermittent fasting where they end up skipping like their morning time meal. So that's the most common one that people do when they're trying to lose weight. And they have what's called time-restricted eating. So the classic is, is you don't eat breakfast, you eat between 12.30 and 6.30 p.m., and you don't eat anything at night. That is also very healthy. Um, New data clearly shows that what that does is that really helps to reset everything that's going on. We used to think that if you went through fasting, that it would teach your system, well, 
famine's going, so your metabolism slows down, and so it actually was counterproductive. We now know that is not true. Fasting of any kind really does help people. There's only a few people who really shouldn't fast, and that's people that end up having very low sugars. So people with hypoglycemia, people that have blood pressure problems where their blood pressure plummets if they don't eat, and people that are insulin-dependent diabetics, if you uh, take something and you uh, don't eat, your sugar is going to plummet. There are certain medicines that people with diabetes take, um, and it will drive your sugar down if you don't eat. Those are questions you need to talk over with your healthcare provider because that is something where it could really be dangerous. Um, there is a real danger to your sugar going too low, specifically in the middle of the night when you're sleeping, you could go into a coma. So that is something where you really want to talk it over with your healthcare provider. And and how often should you should you do it? I mean, if you're going to do the intermittent fasting, is that a constant thing? Yeah. So it's basically something that you're trying to develop discipline, and the discipline of doing that is something that gives you a better standing upon which to make the next hard choice. So most people that do intermittent fasting do it every morning and they just don't eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. And their first meal is usually right at noon. And then if, say, if you wanted to do a more drastic, you know, fast, like say, say Billy, for instance, if he decides to take this big challenge and, you know, do a long-term fast, how often should you do that? Or or is it healthy to Uh, do that? Yeah, so there's no how often should you do it, but it isn't going to hurt someone who is otherwise healthy. So Billy is pretty healthy. Um, The likelihood of him having a complication is very, very low. Uh, When I was in college, I routinely tried to go to see if I could challenge myself, and I would go for a whole day without eating anything. Just make sure that you drink lots of water. There's a difference between fasting from food and not drinking any water. Dehydration is very dangerous. You don't want that. What you want to do is you want to challenge yourself, and you can do it as often as you feel comfortable enough doing it. All right. Very good. Well, (laughs) it, it clears up a lot. I mean, that answers a lot of questions and, you know, and obviously talk to your physician about it. That's a good idea. Um, but maybe, you know, if you want to take a challenge, you want some kind of a challenge and you want to get yourself on the right track, this could be the perfect way to do it. Yeah. And it's something where literally you build your self-esteem and you build your self-discipline. Very good. All right, Dr. Stam. Well, I appreciate this and, uh, we'll chat again next Wednesday. Hey, thanks, Pam. I look forward to it.